Hi, welcome to Nigel Heartbeats. This is a micro story. I wanted to capture a story tonight because I told my youngest offspring it today in the car and I thought, well, this needs to be captured for future posterity. So this micro story will give you a Nigel Heartbeats brief episode telling you, I mean, it depends on much I ramble, but telling you about some great ingredients for fantastic memories that I highly recommend. So the ingredients are getting a bit smashed with some mates, um, enough money that you can manage to afford a taxi and then enough energy that you can manage to stay awake and get somewhere quite far away and a beautiful sunrise and a great fright. Welcome to Nigel Heartbeats. This is the Brighton episode. Right, so the backstory or context is probably around the years 1997, 96. I was about 17, maybe 18, maybe 19. I wasn't 19, probably 16, 17, 18. I think 17, which would be, what, 1990, I don't know, five onwards. Um, we were in a group that was mostly from Venture Scouts. Um, we had a couple of older guys that were part of that. So Michael was our slightly irresponsible leader. He was in his sort of early 20s. And then he had this friend that he'd known for a few years from a nearby town, Prince Rizma, called Rich. Uh, we used to call him Ganja Rich for fairly obvious reasons. Um, lovely guy, had a bit of an alcohol relationship. But at that time, that was good for us. You know, it sort of fed into our yeah, slightly, um, you know, bad late teenage uh what's the word what's the word when you like drink to excess binge binge drinking culture um and the context was that yeah we're living in bucks which is sort of near oxford um in in high wickham in bucks near oxford um and we used to drink in high wickham or risborough and that used to include uh, an indie club called the attic at least on a Saturday night, we used to go there after drinking nearby, and it would be a great indie club. And it would finish. I just don't know what time it would close. I mean, probably two. I think that was sort of fairly classic for normal clubs at that time. Maybe three, but I don't think so. That three seems a bit late. But three sort of fits a bit more of the story. So around then, anyway, it would finish. So we'd have had a great night. We'd have danced to lots of blow and oasis and indie stuff, and then we would sort of think, hmm. So we just sort of like get a kebab and go home. That's what we normally do. And then the, the second part of this is how many times this occurred. I was talking about this today. To me, in my memory, it happened like five different occasions. But that might be a misremembering. It could be it only happened twice. It definitely happened more than once. I remember doing it at least more than once. And you'll hear kind of a confirmation of that in the last part. But that was the context. Um, so, you know, end of the night, you're pretty hammered. Uh, it's probably three or four of us as a main group and the question was did we just get a kebab and go home or dot 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 so obviously the point was that we chose to do something different so what we did a couple of times was we got a cab because the train the last train to london was like 11 or something so we got a cab like a private hire cab mini cab thing and we got it to london and we, we got dropped in central London because we didn't really know London very well, especially not by road. So we just asked them to sort of drop us somewhere near Trafalgar Square, I think. I think we would then get a McDonald's from memory and find a way across to Victoria. And that would take a little while because we were hammered and we didn't really know London and we were on foot because obviously there was no night tubes then, night buses we wouldn't know. So we'd have just sort of stumbled around being a bit sick probably. 
and um, sort of find our way across to Victoria. And then we would wait in Victoria for the first train to Brighton. And we would get on the train at Brighton. I think it was about five, half five from memory. Oh, this is normally on a Sunday morning, I guess. And we would get to Brighton, or we'd get on the train to Brighton, which take about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. But the good thing about that is it's the end of the line. So you can just fall asleep. Um, I don't think we would drink at this time. I think this was pretty steady that we would just pretty much snooze. And we get to Brighton. So then we get there about six or something. And then if people know Brighton, you walk down from the station, down the hill, and the sea is at the end. And we would get to the sea, and we would like, be we made it, yes, ooh, such a great feeling. <coughs> Excuse me. And we were listening to a song today, a Blur song, Tracy Jacks, that's it. And the lyrics remind me of it, because it's something about leaving the house at five in the morning, get the first train, I think it says to Morton or something. And then it says something about, look at the sea, Something like that. it's like the lyrics are quite close to this story, so that was quite good. And and yeah, you know, we'd we'd end up in Brighton, be very pleased with ourselves. Obviously, quite tired and quite far from home at this point, um, but a great sort of success was was felt. And one of the main purposes for going was to go and get breakfast and get a fry up. So there was a place on the seafront that I think is still there. It's a real sort of tourist thing, really, but it's called Buddies, and that's that's often where we would have sort of cups of tea and fry ups until. We discovered a much better place, which was quite. I mean, I, again, I wonder if my memory is a bit skewed because I ended up living in Brighton later, so it might be that I'm blurring the memories. But I'm sure we did find this place. There was a place that's like a sort of a. It was for the market stall holders, I think, and we used to think of it as a truckers' cafe. Um, what was it called? Big seats, mega eats, gutbuster. No, the breakfast was called a gutbuster. I can't remember what it was called, but it was sort of slightly back from the seafront and off to the side where one of the fruit and veg markets was that obviously, you know, has an early morning trade. So this cafe was sort of a, an all night truckers stroke market cafe, but actually it became quite adopted by a lot of clubbers and late night party animals. So so we used to sort of rock up there and get breakfast there later, I think. But I certainly remember buddies on the seafront because that was really cool that you could, uh, you know, watch the sea as you had your breakfast. And, and that was it. You know, we, we sort of ended up being sort of 9am on a Sunday, quite far from home, and then having to contemplate getting the train all the way back through London, get across London, get the train back to Wickham. And that was always quite painful. But uh, just, you know, such a great sort of um, great plan. Worked out several times. You know, what could possibly go wrong? I don't think we ever failed. I think sometimes, you know, you're pretty ill in the taxi pretty ill in London maybe as you're trying to find your way Victoria but um, I think we succeeded every time I have no memories of any sort of issues and that one of those kind of things where you think well surely one of us must have got arrested or fallen over and got injured or something but no I think uh, you know I think we got away with it every time So the wrap-up to this micro story is that we would get back on a Sunday night and we, we had this sort of general weekly thing, no matter what happened. We generally went to this particular pub in Risborough on um, Sunday night as where a lot of our friends gathered on a Sunday night at the end of the weekend. And so on these occasions, we would rock up at the pub and we felt like flipping heroes, you know, because we were like, guess what? We went to Brighton and everybody was like, again? And that's what I, I, I remember distinctly. People going, you did it again. So we definitely did it at least twice. I think several times. I think it became a bit of a thing that people were like, what happened to those guys? They didn't see where they went. And then somebody said, oh, they went off in a taxi. And then the speculation would start. And um, you know, this was before mobile, so really prevalent in our lives. So there was no way of sort of sending photos or Instagram or text or anything, really. It was just us out <laughs> and away. 
Uh, but, you know, we were old enough that parents weren't too worried because we were in our sort of late teens, I'm pretty sure, or we were with semi-responsible adults, um, or we were otherwise cover story that we're staying over, I suppose. But, um, yeah, so the Sunday night reunion was a great sort of part to sort of claim it and, again, sort of claim the honour that we'd done it and we succeeded and it was great and that the sea looked amazing and breakfast was great, you know, just really great. And so, yeah, the point of this micro story, capturing it because it was a great memory, great little thing. I'm very proud that we did it. I think that kind of spontaneity, that kind of stupidity, that sort of recklessness, that's not, it's not unsafe recklessness, you know, it's, it's an adventure. Um, I mean, on a similar line, once we kidnapped my mate Paul from uni, we sort of bundled him onto the train with us to Brighton when he was supposed to be staying in London. Um, so he ended up having to come with us to Brighton. That was quite funny. Um, just things like that, you know, so things that are actually harmless, a little bit inconvenient, but you know, this is the sort of stuff I think you have to do while, while you're alive, you know, makes you feel alive. So wanted to capture it. Hope you've enjoyed it. This has been a 90 heartbeats micro story.